Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test, the nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture?
Welcome to this series called Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. It's under our Curious Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. I'm excited about this series. We are going to be talking about probably two of the most important unseen realms, and yet they are the focal point of our being and existence. And we are going to explore how these two unseen realms affect each other to move the things that we see with our natural eyes. I think this is going to be epic. The first one is the quantum faith realm, a conduit for the spirit realm. The second is the quantum physics realm. Now, we're all familiar with the word physics, and I'm going to assume that at some point during your school life, you studied about physics. Now, lucky for you, there won't be any take-home assignments after listening to this podcast. Anyways, we all know that our natural world, or this physical world that we live in, is governed by natural law. That is, laws of physics, like the law of gravity, or the law of lift that enables you to fly across the world and so forth. Now, there is an interesting subject within physics that has emerged. It's called quantum physics or quantum mechanics. And it has turned the whole physics world on its head. It has turned the whole physics world upside down. Why is that so? Because it operates contrary to the laws of classical physics that we have grown accustomed to. What makes quantum physics really interesting is that it operates very similar to how things operate in the spirit realm, that is, in the kingdom of God. What do we know? Turns out Jesus' miracles, such as walking on water, weren't just myths and fables. So we are going to explore these two realms and see how they feed off of each other because our lives are directly affected by each one of them. Now, if you've listened to one of our series called Science is God's Playground, you've probably heard me make this statement. There are two realms, the spirit realm and the natural realm. The spirit realm is cause and the natural realm is effects, hence cause and effects. So, in this series, we are going to connect the main force in the spirit realm called faith or quantum faith and its cousin from the unseen physics world called quantum or quantum physics. This will show us how this notion of cause and effects comes into play, how the physical world runs on top of the spirit realm and how they are always constantly interacting with each other. We're talking about something you can't possibly see, but it is what makes up everything in the universe. I mean, can you explain photons to me? Do you see photons in the room? Do you see photons when you go outside? Those are subatomic particles of light. 
And yet these things are everyday life in sunlight. Everything we see that's light is made up of the quantum realm. And when you look at a table and it looks solid, you're gonna put a book on it or your cup of coffee on it, it looks solid, but it's really not solid. There's space between the atoms. There's space between the, the nucleus of the atom and the electrons. So if you could really see on the quantum level, you would see that that table is not at all solid. And secondly, and most exciting, is you would see that it's moving. That table is not sitting still. It's moving. There's a vibration of particles, and that is the quantum world, and we interact with it every day. Well, everything God created is full of life. Everything God created is full of life. How could he create anything that is not full of life? So just as I talked about the tabletop, if you could see on the quantum level, it's not dead, it's not static. There's a vibrating frequency there. There's movement, there's life there. And so here we are, we're alive. I think you'd acknowledge that. And we are interacting with everything in this world that is also alive. It is full of life. And so our relationship with all the things in the world that are alive are determined by what we say about it, what we think about it, our perception of it. And so we are life interacting with all of God's creation that's full of life. There's a parallel plane in the realm of the spirit. The spirit world is the unseen world, what we can't see. And yet everything we do see was created from the unseen realm. There was nothing seen when God said, let there be light. There was nothing, there was not light. God is a spirit. So he spoke spirit words and spirit words created matter. It formed the world, it formed the hills, the mountains, it formed everything we see here in life. All matter is created by the spirit realm. And in the realm of the spirit, you know, we, we talk about angels, we can't see them. And yet in a parallel plane, they are there, they are operating. In one famous incident in the Old Testament, the prophet asked that the eyes of his servant be opened. And he saw that there were horses and chariots and angels everywhere. So if our eyes were open right now, we could see in the realm of the spirit and see angels and spirit beings, horses, whatever that God has created there. And yet we can't see it with our physical eye. The spirit realm operates on a different frequency and we have no instrument in our physical body to see into that realm unless God opens our eyes through a gift of the Spirit and then we're enabled to see into that invisible realm that is real exists and guess what the spirit realm will never perish it will never die God created man and woman and what in his image and in his likeness to do what to have authority over the earth, to have dominion over the earth, to rule and reign, how? In the same way God created it, through their words. Let's go through some definitions of both realms to start us off. Let's start with the quantum faith realm. What is quantum faith? Well, it's how faith operates on the quantum level, in one sentence. Well, what is the quantum level then? It's basically this super microscopic level 
if you keep zooming in and zooming in and zooming in and zooming in, and you just kept on doing this probably like a thousand times, probably you'll have to go zoom in, like, let me say a million times, you will eventually reach what is called the sap atomic level. Now, what's interesting is that when you get down to this level, you notice that things you didn't think existed way up here actually do exist way down there. Now, up here, they might appear dead and no life to you with your natural eyes, but that's only because you can't see at the quantum level. That's why a lot of money, it's become like a trillion dollar industry. I think it's projected to be a $3 trillion industry. Just the whole, this whole industry of quantum physics and quantum mechanics. I mean, scientists are going nuts over this thing. They almost, it's almost like the answer to all the technology, the next uh, wave of innovations is going to come from understanding how things operate at the super, super, super microscopic level, basically at the quantum level. So a lot of research right now is being done to be like, oh my goodness, before we thought that this wasn't possible because for as, as much as we knew, it, they looked like there was no activity. There was no vibration. There was no life of, of this piece of material or of this substance. But right now they're digging down and they're drilling and finding out that it's a whole new world. There's life at the quantum level. Now, I mean, the Bible has always talked about it, but I guess the Bible, what's really cool is that the Bible just talked about it from a microscopic level. You know, they just told you, just believe it. They're like, dude, we've done our research. Just believe me. It's true. And I think that's, that's always a problem of people who have a very logic and uh, scientific mind, people who need proof sometimes when it comes to believing the Bible and the things that Jesus told us. You know, a lot of people just, it's hard for them to just say, to tell them, just believe me, you know? So when the Bible said, all, when Jesus said, all things are possible to he that believes, and he just said it in one sentence. And now, as you'll see during the series, is that science is, is discovering that at a quantum level, things start to exist. Life is brought into existence because you're searching for it. Your anticipation of something, of a possibility, actually makes that possibility real. It brings it from just being a possibility to a reality. And this is the thing that's always fascinating for me when I read the Bible and why I just get hooked in just all the way with, with, with everything the Bible says, because you start to realize that in the Bible, you know, like some of those Proverbs, it's just a one liner. It's just two verses. And then you go to realize that someone else takes those two snippets that the Bible tells you for free. And yes, I guess they should be paid money. But basically, they write a whole self, self-help self book on it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that person's become a millionaire and produced, you know, New York best time seller. And all they did was really just expound on a principle 
that the Bible has taught for eons, well, thousands and thousands of years. But that principle actually existed eons, eons of, of, of years before we came to be. So when Jesus says all things are possible to he that believes, and someone else is like, that is crazy. What are you talking about? And science starts to discover that when you get down at the quantum level, if you, if you expect something to be at a certain location and you're looking for a particle at that location, just you, your expectation causes it to come from somewhere else and exist in that realm. But it's not because it wasn't there. It's because it was existing everywhere. But yo, I guess your desire brings the particle into existence. Now, there's so much things that our quantum uh, research is, is, is explaining, but it's amazing. I mean, in the Bible, uh, Jesus spoke to a fig tree and he spoke nine words to it. He just cursed it. He said, no man eat fruit of thee from here, henceforth forever. Basically nine words. And they came back the next day, 24 hours. And his disciples were shocked. And, and, and Peter said, Master, the fig tree that you cast is dried up from its roots. And he was, he was almost like, guys, come on. I know this stuff. The first thing he told them, have faith in God. He was basically like, guys, I'm telling you, this stuff is possible. You can speak to a tree. Now, someone else might be like, well, a tree is a, you know, a tree is a living thing, so maybe there's a chance that it will listen to you. But what we're learning even from quantum research, quantum physics and mechanics, is that like, if you look at a, a table, a normal table, piece of piece of furniture that is no longer in tree form, it's just a piece of furniture in your living room. You might you might be thinking, well, this thing is dead. And you might just refer to it as that. But what quantum physics or mechanics will teach you, what, what it will show you is that if you kept on drilling and drilling and zooming in and zooming in on the piece of furniture down to its subatomic particle, you'll realize that those particles are actually moving. They still have life. Even after you took them from a living tree down, you took them through the factory, through this whole you know, reformation process into, into the current piece of furniture, you'll still realize that you basically can't kill the life in a tree, even if you change it into a table, which is pretty fascinating. Um, so, and, and again, that, that, that also I think will start to clarify people who think that once you leave your physical body, when someone dies, that that's the end of it. No, think of it. The tree has life. The tree is a substance. You cut it down and you turn pieces of it into a furniture. But even when that furniture leaves that forest, as the furniture left the tree where it was staying in the forest and moves into someone's living room, the piece of furniture, the piece of tree, which you call furniture, it still has life. So people who think that the moment you die, that that's it. No, the life in you just transforms into something else. 
it goes into a different form. It, 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 it just, yeah. So it's going to become very interesting. I'm, I'm really excited about this series, you know? Um, so this subject of quantum faith meets quantum physics, I think it's very fascinating. Personally, I, you know, my background is, is engineering, science, and so, but somehow I've never had a difficult time believing in, in the Bible because I know that a lot of the things that we use today, a lot of the technology, I know that a lot of that is always built around fundamental theories. It's, it's like we isolate a theory, create a theory, give it governing rules, and then we're able to build a system around it. So I know how this works on a fundamental level from like physics and engineering, because, you know, when you study about it, you see kind of how all these things come into play. You know, you can understand how a car is able to move, steam engine is able to work, how a telephone, cell phone is able to work. Uh, frequencies and all these things. So everything has a fundamental principle. But I guess, um, you know, it, this subject is picking up steam in the science world. And as I said, it's, it's projected to be a $3.2 trillion industry. And and for me, it's just exciting because all this, rich, all this research is just going to uh, cement what the Bible has always told us about faith and the possibilities that ex that exist when you believe something or when you believe that something can be. And I think people who believe in, in the existence of a, uh, of a deity, of a God uh, and the spirit realm and in miracles and in the power of words, they should be excited about this. I think, you know, people, you know, Five, 10 years from now, when the whole subject of quantum uh, quantum physics and quantum mechanics really becomes mainstream and there's more information out there, you know, people won't look at them that, hey, maybe you weren't crazy this whole time. You weren't just believing in a facade all along, you know, with this whole God thing and this whole Bible thing. Because, <laughs> and that's why... There's a series. Uh, there's a series uh, called uh, "Science is God's Playground." It's one of our series that we we're working on, and the title just tells it: "Science is God's Playground." Science is basically just, and this is where I urge other Christians not to be detached from it, because science is basically what is just explaining what God has always told us, you know. The only thing that science is doing is, is it's going to make people who believe in God not feel crazy after all, because they're like, oh, my goodness, I guess I wasn't crazy after all to believe in these things. So for us to really understand um, this subject of quantum faith, I think we need to revisit the definition of faith. We need to understand what faith is, to understand how quantum faith then comes into existence. And I think scientists really should really uh, lean on the Bible explanation of, of faith and quantum faith to, to really understand and, and get more insight into this whole world of quantum physics.
What is faith? Well, Hebrews 1 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, substance, created the world as we see it today. Faith became matter. And how did it become matter? Through word energy. Speaking the word released the energy into the earth, and the energy became matter and manifested in physical form. Our words are so powerful because God created us in His image and His likeness. So the quantum world came into being when God said, Light be, and light became. So Hebrews chapter 11 is where faith is defined. And it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's verse 1, Hebrews 11, 1. And Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I like this. Let, let's, let's expound on this using the Amplified Classic translation. It says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see hmm. and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. And then it continues to say, by faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Sela. I've read, I've read this definition thousands of times. But every time I read it, it's almost like my brain, it, it, it just makes my brain expand. Like my brain always grows every time I read this scripture. Because I, it's one of those scriptures you read and you're like, my goodness, like all of existence can be, um, summarized into these three verses like how we do our day-to-day -day, our history our future it all comes down to this so it's it's you you can read this and it, it will you still won't fully grasp it that's how powerful this is now there's another translation still similar to the one I just read, but it says, now faith is the assurance. So faith is an assurance. What is it? Like what kind of assurance? It's like a title deed. It's the confirmation of things hoped for. 
This one says, of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Hmm, interesting. And the evidence, so it's things, it's assurance of things hoped for, things that are divinely guaranteed. Hmm. What about the, the, the evidence of these things? But it says, and the evidence of things not seen. So faith is the evidence of things not seen. So it's like, you can't see it. Well, how do I know it's there? Well, take faith. Hmm. Okay. The evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. So faith is a conviction that something exists. That's insane. All things that so Jesus goes and says, all things are possible to he that believes. Quantum physics comes and says, when they're doing this research, that a particle's existence comes into being, into reality, when you try to focus on it, it then comes out. If you don't focus, if you don't concentrate your visual energy on it, it doesn't exist. Well, it's not that it doesn't exist. It doesn't come into being. It doesn't come into perspective. Wow. This is, this is amazing. So let's read this again. Now, faith is the assurance. This is, this is the Amplified Bible translation. The one before was the Amplified Classic, but this is just the Amplified Bible. Faith is the assurance, the title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, things that are divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. It just gets better. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Woo! Boom. Oof. You could have a whole semester on this one scripture, on just this one verse. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Listen to this. Then it goes on to say this. By faith, that is, with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power wisdom and goodness of God, we understand that the worlds, universe, ages were framed and created, formed, put in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Some people just can't comprehend this. They, they don't see how the seen world, this physical world, could have come out of a world which is not seen. They just can't wrap their minds about it. No wonder the, 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 the scriptures say that God's wisdom is infinite. His knowledge, his wisdom and understanding are infinite. I mean, how it works. But... Quantum, quantum physics is really going to show us actually how it works. 
it's just that we just didn't understand it. And, you know, if you just read the Bible, you might be left with more uh, questions than answers, but that's where uh, divine intervention comes in. It says the Holy Spirit teaches us of things, wisdom that man cannot understand with a natural mind, but this divine in intervention explanation and revelation that we can receive about scriptures, things like this can only be, we can only receive it through the help of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people who have been Christians will know this for a long time is that two people can read the same thing and understand it differently because of revelation to someone else. It might just be a passing comment. Someone else might just be, yeah, all things are possible to he that believes. You just might be like, mm, okay. To another person, they might be like, wait a minute. Hmm. So you need revelation to understand the scriptures. Quoting the Bible doesn't mean anything. If you don't have revelation of those words, if the seals are not taken off, it, it will not take shape. It won't have any meaning. But anyways, this is just awesome. By faith, that is an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God, we understand that the world's universe, ages were framed and created, formed in order and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God, so that what is seen with your natural eyes was not made out of things which are visible. Selah. When we look at the diagram of an atom, which most of us have seen, it shows a nucleus and it shows the electrons orbiting around it. And you see the electrons like a tiny dot. The scientists discovered that most likely those little subatomic particles, the electrons, may not even exist until someone starts to look at them because they found something that's called wave-particle duality. And the wave-particle duality means that that subatomic particle exists everywhere it wants in that orbit until someone makes an observation. It's called the observer effect. And so when a person, a scientist, tries to observe that subatomic particle, then bang, there it is. But it's believed in the wave particle duality of it that it exists everywhere it wants. It seems like these subatomic particles behave a little differently depending on what the intent of the observer is. So the question is, how does it know what they're doing, what they're looking for? How does it know that? It's the intelligence of life that God created. I don't know if I believe it. Coming up on our next episode. Scientists say, well, there's only in this realm, there's only possibilities and probabilities. What does that sound like? 
Jesus said, all things are possible to them that believe. The infinite possibilities based on your belief, on your words, on your intent, that subatomic particle knowing the intent, what they're measuring, they're gonna measure the energy of it or the position of it or the, how does it know what they're looking for? It responds to the observer and all of life, everything in this life responds to us individually in the same manner. This was episode one of Quantum Faith meets quantum physics. In the next episode, we'll continue building the relationship between quantum faith and quantum physics. Your host for today was Calvin Cabanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Thought that crosses my mind. Is this all by?